Okay, welcome to the, the first Sunday of the year 2024. You have perfect church attendance. All right. Yeah. Yeah, if that was your goal this year, you are right on target. Hey, I'm glad you're here this morning to celebrate Jesus, our Savior King, this morning. And I thought it was more than appropriate for us to read some scripture or a passage of scripture that speaks to who Jesus is and, and what Jesus has done for us. It's, it's first, excuse me, it's Colossians chapter 1. The Son is the image of the invisible God. Uh, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, uh, someone say, for in him, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. Uh, someone say, he is before all things. And in him, all things Hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once, someone say once. You were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that's been proclaimed to every creature under heaven under which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, which is the church, I become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is, here's the mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works within me. Brothers and sisters, this is who Christ is. He is the image of the invisible God. He's the one who created all things. He's the one that is before all things, over all things, and holds all things together. He is the fullness of God in bodily form. And, and this is what Jesus did for me and for you. He, he made peace with God and reconciled us to God through his death on the cross. And, and this is your hope of glory. Uh, this is your hope that one day you'll be everything that God created you to be, Christ in you, hope of glory. And this is what we must be all about, proclaiming him so that everyone will be fully mature in Christ. Amen? And speaking of proclaiming him and being mature in Christ, a little segue to an announcement here. Coming up in a few weeks, uh, on February the 2nd and 3rd, that's a Friday night and a Saturday, um, we're going to watch some videos, have some roundtables, discussion, 
Rediscovering discipleship, making Jesus' final words our, our first work. And, and I've been talking about this for a while. You know, I, I went to that conference in Riley, you know, and, you know, our goal is to become a church of disciples who make disciples. It, it doesn't happen overnight. And this is the first step in that process. It's an open invitation to everybody. Some of you, I sent a, a special email because you're very special people invited you. And some of you, I'm waiting to send an email to you because you're special too. We're all special. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're very special. <laughs> all right. And, and uh, it's going to be like, like 6.30 on Friday, give or take. Uh, I'm going to have my, my wife make some pasta. She doesn't know that yet. And, 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 and then we're going to have uh, meet on Saturday about 9, have break for lunch. Walter doesn't know, but he's going to provide Chick-fil-A for us. I'll let him know about that too. He, he's always good about that. And, and, and then um, finish up about 2.30. And, and so if you can make it, let me know. I, I will want to get a, a really good head count so, you know, we have a, the right amount of food. Uh, but it's just the first step in the process to become a church of disciples who make disciples, which is what we're supposed to be about. Now, before we jump into the amazing message you all woke up for this morning, uh, we're going to take two and welcome those around us. Again, this is the first Sunday of uh, 2024, 155 hours down and 8,605 hours still to go. Uh, question, how was your 2023? Was it a good one? Did things go the way that you had hoped they would go? And if you set some goals for the year 2023, which I challenged all of us to do on January 1st last year, and a message called Becoming My Best Me in 2023. How did you do with your goals? How did you do? Does anybody remember the sheet right here from last year? Becoming Your Best Me in 2003. I've made pretty colors for you guys. Like, like here's mine from last year. And I didn't do so good. Like I had a 230 batting average. Now, that may be okay in the major leagues where the average batting average is about 250. So I could still pull over a couple million a year with the 230 batting average. Yeah. Going three for 13. And my goal to become my best me in 2023 is, that's not okay. Which brings me to this morning's conversation. Hitting it more in 2024. And, and the it being the goal you set to become more the person God created you to be, the it is becoming more and more like Jesus. And, and to be honest, I wasn't even going to talk about goals this year. And maybe because mine stunk so bad last year. And Except after church, someone came up to me and said, you know that sheet you had us do last year? It really made a difference. I said, glad it made a difference for you. You know, the guy who shared it, he, he didn't do so good on it, right? And, and so I decided, hey, you know what? We need to talk about goal setting again. I actually attended a conference on Friday with uh, Jim Harshaw, he does, and with a bunch of guys all over the country talking about setting goals. And here's what I'm convinced of, that if we, if you, if I embrace what we're going to talk about this morning, and it's not rocket science, it's, it's not anything new. Nevertheless, I'm convinced that if we embrace what I'm about to talk about, you'll become more the best version of you in the year 2024. Amen. Uh, this two of you? Really? Amen? Amen? All right, come on now. 
I could stay all day. Okay, a, a few verses from Isaiah, then we'll get going. This is, this is good right here. And this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and there they laid never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Like if you thought that was a big deal, if you thought I did something pretty amazing then, forget about that because I'm about to do something even more amazing. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness. Some of you may feel like you're in the wilderness. Maybe 2023 felt like a wilderness a lot of times. I'm making a way in the wilderness because I can do it. And streams in the wasteland because that is who I am. Okay, let's do this. Hitting it more in 2024. And listen, if we want to hit it more in 2024, we need to clarify, we need to set, we need to start, we need to practice, and we need to follow. We need to follow the right script. Follow the correct script. Someone say, follow the correct script. Understand, we've been handed all these scripts by our culture. And so we follow these scripts. But at the end of it all, we often find ourselves feeling frustrated, burned out, alone, depleted, wondering why it didn't work. I mean, we earned what they told us to earn. We got what they told us we needed to get. However, when we got what we wanted, it didn't do what we expected. And we didn't feel the way we thought we would feel. And here's the deal. I believe that God would say the same thing to us this morning that he said to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. Understand, in the garden, the evil one handed Adam and Eve a script. And he still hands people scripts today. And he said, you don't have to listen to God. You don't have to listen to what the director wants. Go ahead, eat the fruit. Yeah, I know what God told you, but you surely won't die. And so Adam and Eve followed that script. They, they ate that fruit, and, and then they felt the shame of sin, as we all do whenever we get off of the script of God's story. You know, it's interesting and telling to me that when God goes looking for Adam and Eve, they're hiding because they're naked and ashamed. And God told them, who told you that you were naked? I mean, when you were following my script, when you're obeying my commands, when you're living according to my heart, you didn't feel shame. That was when you started following the wrong script. Who told you you were naked? Brothers and sisters, who told you that you have to do this or achieve that in order to have value or worth? Who, who told you that God could not wash away that, that bitterness, that, that shame, that guilt? Who told you that you could not overcome that hurt, overcome that habit, overcome that hang-up? Who told you that, that life is to be found not in self-denial, but rather in self-indulgence? In pursuing pleasure, possessions, position, and popularity? Who, who told you that you could not overcome your past or what other people say about you to live a full and abundant life in Christ? 
who told you to settle, who told you to throw in the towel, who told you to tap out, who told you to give up on this goal-setting thing, because this is as good as it will ever get for you, who told you were naked, who gave you that script. Understand, these are not the scripts that the director, that the one who's over all things, before all things, that holds all things together, the one who put on flesh and died on the cross, that's not the script that God wrote for you. You see, the script for your life is found in this book. Amen? And in this book, you'll find a script that says that you are a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, new has come. In this book, you'll find a script that says that you are God's masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he prepared in advance for us to do. In this book, you'll find a script that says that you are a child of God. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. In this book, you'll find a script that says that you are, that you are more than a conqueror. And all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In this book, you find a script that says that you are chosen, you are royal, you are holy, you are God's special possession. You are a people of God who have received his mercy. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. Amen? Amen. To hit it more in 2024, we have to live our lives by the correct script. And then we have to clarify what we want. And here's the deal to they hit it more in 2024, and you're talking to a guy who did not hit it well in 2023. You must clarify what you want. You must decide what's important in your life and what isn't important. I'm sorry, God has given each of us an incredible gift. It's called the gift to choose. It's part of being made in his image. In fact, one of the most spiritual activities you'll ever engage in is the power to choose. One of the most spiritual activities you'll ever engage in is the power to choose. You see, before you pray, worship, serve, celebrate, give, forgive, share, sin, turn away from God, before any of those activities ever happen, you have to choose. But listen, you can't choose what's important until you clarify what's important. And if you don't clarify what's important in 2024, you're going to be pushed around and tossed around by the pressures of life, doing this and that, going here and there, and before you know it, 2024 will be gone, just like 2023 is gone. And you'll be left feeling like we, I didn't really get anything done because I'm still exactly where I was. Uh, a few years ago, George Gallup did a survey, and he discovered that the, the number one stress value for Americans, for people, it's not that they don't have enough money, it's not that they don't have enough time. It's, it's not even that they have relational conflicts. He says the number one cause of stress is incongruent values. In other words, we believe one thing, but we act in a totally different way. And listen, this gap between what we say we believe and how we actually live causes stress. For example, uh, we say family is important to us, right? I thought anyone would say, if I said, okay, raise your hand if you think family is important to you. Okay, okay. But do we put work and everything else out of it? 
Do we give our marriage and our family the time and attention they both need and deserve? We say health is important to us, right? Or anybody say, nope, health is not important to me. But do we watch our weight? Do we eat right, exercise, practice good health habits? We say materialism is bad. But are we saving anything? Are we spending all we get? Uh, do we give generously? Or are we simply stirring up our own treasure to build up our own kingdom that will soon one day pass away? We say, God is first in my life. The most important thing. But do we take the time to know him personally? Do we consistently read our Bible and pray, spending time with him, seeking to know him better and better? We say, his church, which is his body, is important to me. But do we give his church the first fruits, the best of our time? Do we attend regularly? Our talents, do we serve? Our treasure, do we give an offering? Or do other things and other pursuits get the best of our time, talent, and treasure? Yeah, many of us, in fact, I think most of us have some incongruent values. And here's the deal. When you have incongruent values, when what you say is important to you does not match how you live, it creates problems. It causes stress. It leads to inner turmoil, discouragement, depression. And not only that, but you'll find yourself at a place you never intended to go. Do you all remember from year, years ago the principle of the path? Direction, someone say direction. direction. Not, intention. Not intention. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. That, that, this means you're with me, brother. That, that's just, that just, hold on, I need to get my composure, Mike. You know, direction, not intention, determines our destination. Like, in other words, we'll always end up where the road we're on is headed, right? Like, if you leave here today and your goal is to go, hey, we're going to Vile Beach when we leave here. And you get on I-64 West, will you ever get to Virginia Beach? Not if you circle the globe and your car turns into Chitty Bang Bang or something, right? Not, not going to happen. Not going to happen. No matter how much you want it, no matter how sincere you are, uh, no matter how strong your intentions are. And that makes sense in the car, right? If I said, you go, well, of course not. But somehow, when it comes to how we live our lives, it, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. Uh, one author wrote the following. My observation experience, for that matter, indicates that humans have a propensity for choosing paths that do not lead in the direction they want to go. They've come to lead the popular notion that as long as their intentions are good, as long as their hearts are in the right place, as long as they do their best and try their hardest, it doesn't matter which path they take. They believe somehow they'll end up in a good place. But life, he writes, doesn't work that way. And it doesn't, right? does it? I intended to lose weight in 2023. Did not happen. My wife said, why did you stand up there and tell everybody what you're going to lose, right? And I did, it didn't happen. That was my intentions. But let me tell you, I was an I-64 West a lot trying to get to Val Beach when it came to losing weight. All right? I'm just being honest with you. That's why we're talking about these goals again. As much for me, maybe more so, as it is for you. What I'm trying to say is, if you want to hit it more in 2024, you need to clarify what's really important. Get it? Good. Here's how it works. See, first we, we define and clarify our core values, what's important to us. And, and then we adjust the direction of our lives such that it aligns with what our values and intentions are. 
And that's where goal setting, right? Here's what's important to me. Here's my core values. And here's these goals I'm going to set that align with those core values. If we do that, our stress level will go down. Our peace of mind will go up. And we'll get to the destination that we were intending to go all along. And, and, And so what I want to challenge all of us to do in this room is I'm going to have some folks help me pass these out. Just like last year, just revi- it's the new revised version. Hidden more in 2020, the best of me in 2023. This is hidden more in 2024. If you guys would you know, just help pass these out. Thanks, Joe and George. Thank you. And, and I'll talk, and as they pass out, and listen, you guys I know can chew gum and talk at the same time. And let me tell you something. Doing this sheet is not going to be easy to do. You know why? Because your enemy hates you, and he's terrified at you living the life you're created to live. All right? And he doesn't want you to do this. But I want to challenge you this week to get together with this paper and pen and figure out what your goals and values are. And and here's some of the questions on that sheet. We'll just kind of go over it. You know, clarify what you want. Hey, What's important to me? What are my core values? Uh, maybe it's family. Maybe it's relationships. Uh, maybe it's your faith journey. Uh, maybe it's church. Maybe it includes virtues like faith and kindness and compassion and generosity or love, loyalty, growth. But really think about, hey, what is important to me? Uh, what type of person do I want to be? Not what do I want to accomplish But what kind of person do I want to be? Another question on that sheet is, what adjectives would I like to define me? And now we probably would not write things like bitter, mean-spirited, easily angered, petty, unforgiven. Probably not, right? So what adjective would you like to describe you? What would I like people to say in my eulogy? That's the nice stuff people say when someone's dead, right? And listen, one day, there probably will, one day, unless Jesus comes back, right, you're going to be laying in a room somewhere and people get up and they're going to, they're going to say things about you. A guy named David Brooks posed the following question in a TED Talk. Who's TED, by the way? Anybody know what TED stands for? See, I was wondering, like, who Ted is. So I, I Google it. I go, oh, oh, that's what Ted is. Technology, entertainment, and design. That's what Ted stands for. I thought, was there a dude named Ted who started talking? Like, where did this thing come from? Okay, that's not, it's technology, entertainment, and design. So you learned something today. Uh, but, but, but he wrote an article talking about, should you be living for your resume or for your eulogy? And if you have noticed, have you noticed when people die, their eulogies celebrate the person much differently from the way we define success in everyday life. I mean, as though at the end we realize what's really important, right? They say such things as, they were a loving husband, a, a loving wife, a loving parent, a, 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 a loving friend. Uh, they always went out of the way to help other people. They were kind, they were courageous, they were compassionate, they were honest, they were generous, wise. They were just fun to be around. Uh, They sacrifice a promotion to spend more time with their family. 
They consistently put the interests of others above themselves. They care deeply about a particular cause and volunteered their time for that cause. Yeah, that's the kind of things we once said at our eulogy, right? However, if we're not careful, much of our daily lives will be spent in pursuing resume virtues, on achievement, on popularity, on job titles, on the zeros in your bank account, on the letters after your name, on material possessions, and so on. Now, resume virtues aren't necessarily bad in themselves. But when we step back from the hustle and bustle and we quiet our mind and souls, if all we're chasing is after resume values, we get a sense that, you know what, something is missing. You see, resume values by themselves leave us feeling empty, fragmented, disconnected, and sometimes seriously physically compromised. You see, you may achieve external success at the cost of a deeply meaningful life and genuine loving relationships. Eulogy virtues, David Brooke writes, foster meaning in a fragmented world. These are the virtues that lead to a life well-lived, kindness, compassion, love, humility, wisdom, courage, and integrity, to name a few. Resume virtues are good when they are pursued with wisdom in the right way for the right reasons. But they must be built on a foundation of eulogy virtues. No matter how a person spends his or her life burning the candle at both ends, chasing a toxic definition of success, and generally missing out on life, the eulogy is always about the other stuff. What they gave. How they connected how much they meant to the people that actually were in their lives. Small kindnesses, lifelong passions, and what made them laugh. So the question is, why do we spend so much time on what we do not want our eulogy to be about? Things that are be gone as soon as our heart stops beating. What would you like someone to say at your eulogy and what would they say if they had to prepare your eulogy this week like right now if they had to write it out what would they say about you again this is part of term that's important to you the next question does the direction of my life how I use my time talents energies actions money reflect that these are what's most important to me what in my life is trivial and what is essential I know one thing that's true in my life is, you know, like how many times do I have to go to NFL.com? <laughs> you know, less now that the Patriots stink this year, right? <laughs> I've saved a lot of time. I used to go every day. I used to watch their press conferences after games, all their interviews. It was fun. Now it's not. Um, but, you know, I, I think probably a lot of us in this room, I, I think social media, there's a lot of trivial social media time that you spend that really that maybe could free up some time. You know, what's trivial in your life? What's essential? You know, what do you need to hold on to and what do you need to let go of? You know, and so, you know, again, this is just a piece of paper. You know, this one from last year, this blank, and 
This one's, this one's filled out. That's a start. But that's not the end game. You know, but, and I just encourage you, you know, to spend some time this week doing that. You can't do it for me, and I can't do it for you, right? Even your husband, wife, you can't. It's got to be, it's you. It's your life. It's a life that God created you to live, uh, and not, not your spouse or friend to live. Hit it more in 2024. We need to follow the right script, clarify what we want, and set some 252 goals. Goals that align the direction of our lives to our core values and what we say is important. And what is a 252 goal? It, it's a, these are goals that help us grow to become more and more like Jesus. And, you know, how did Jesus grow? Well, there's a great verse in, tucked away in Luke 2, 52, that says Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. If we want to become like Jesus, the ultimate it, right, of hitting it more in 2024 is to become like Jesus. We need to grow like Jesus grew. And Jesus grew in wisdom. That's intellectual development. He grew in stature. That's physical development. He grew in favor with God. That's spiritual development. He grew in favor with man. That's relational development. And what I want to challenge us to do this week is to spend some time setting at least one, no more than three goals in each of these areas. Intellectual, physical, spiritual, and relational. And, and, and to set, you know, I'm sure you've all heard SMART goals, right? A SMART goal, the S stands for it is what? Specific. Vague goals have no power. It, the M stands for it's measurable. Right? You, you, you can actually track your process. It's attainable. Like, like I'm not going to set my goal. I want to be able to run a marathon by the end of this year. I don't think that's happening. Uh, probably not, right? You know what? I'm going to memorize the entire Bible this year, okay? Uh, it's got to be attainable. It's got to be relevant. What that means is it, it fits with your core values, right? It, this is, hey, I want to do this because it's important to me. It, it aligns with my core values. And, and that it's time bound. There's a, a time where you want to finish it. And usually when you do goals at the beginning of the year, you go, hey, by the end of this year, I, I want these things to have happened. And so what I would encourage you this week to do is to prayerfully come up with, again, one, no more than three goals in each of those areas. So this week, prayerfully, and really prayerfully, like God knows, like God is smarter than you, I don't know if you knew that, and he knows more what you need to grow the way he wants you to grow than you know. And don't, so don't skip this thing, oh God, help me with my goals. Really cry out to God, I, I want to, I don't know about you, I've said this many times before, you know, I don't want to leave this earth and not live the life God created me to live. And when God knit you in your mother's womb, when he breathed life into your body, he had dreams, thoughts, and intentions for your life. You know, and I don't want to leave this planet and miss out on that life, right? And God knows what I need to do to live that life. He knows what you need to do. And so I would just encourage you, really spend some time in prayer and prayerfully set a few intellectual goals. Jesus grew in wisdom. Like, what do, ask yourself, what do I need to learn this year? God gave you a mind, it's a gift, it's like a muscle. If you use a muscle, it gets stronger. You don't use a muscle, it gets weaker. Same with your brain. As Christians, we must continually be challenging ourselves to grow and to develop. Ask yourself, what do I need to learn this year? You know, maybe you set a book reading goal. I want to read X number of books this year. Uh, maybe if you're in school, your goal is, hey, you know what? I, I want to bump that GPA up. 
a few points. I want to make the dean's list. I want to make the honor roll. Uh, maybe it could be, you know what, I, I want to take a class at PVCC, a class online so I can learn something new. Maybe it's learning a new skill. Maybe it's learning a new language. And maybe it's doing some uh, studies or watching stuff on Right Now Media. I don't know if you knew this, that we, that as a member here, if you, we, if you don't have it yet, you can send us an email, send Hannah an email, she'll shoot you a, a link that you have access to tens of thousands of videos on Right Now Media. Stuff for kids, stuff for leaders, stuff for marriages, st- stuff for everything, right? It's a Netflix of Christian videos, and, and, and that's free to you. And, and if you, you may go, hey, you know what? I'm going to watch some stuff on there. I'm going to find a topic I've been interested in, and I'm going to go there, and I'm going to watch that stuff. Bottom line, set some intellectual goals that will challenge and stimulate you so that a year from the day, you're smarter. Like, like you know some new stuff. Stuff that God can use for his glory and you're good. Amen? Physical goals. Jesus grew in stature. Understand, we are a nation of extremes, and so we choose to camp out in either one or the spectrum or the other. Either we're worshiping the body or neglecting the body. God wants us to be somewhere in the middle. And we're all different places when it comes to physical goals, but this week, perfectly set a few physical goals. And maybe it is, hey, I, I want to walk 10,000 steps a day. I, I, I want to work out 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day, three to four times a week. By the end of this year, I want to be able to run a 5K. I want to lose X number of pounds. <laughs> I was telling Laurie the other day, this is funny. Not really funny. Like, like you know, she was going to fly. You have this suitcase. And like, you got to pay 35 bucks for, if it goes in the belly of the plane, it's got to be 50 or less. And like, hers weighed 53. Cost an extra 100 bucks for three pounds. Don't you just love our airlines? But as I was lugging this thing up and down the stairs, I'm thinking, oh my gosh. That's like how much weight I want to lose. Like, I am lugging this suitcase around every stinking day. No wonder my knees hurt. Anyhow, that was free. Anyhow, I'm gonna set some, you're going to find out how, why, why this year I will be successful. Maybe your goal is to say, you know what? I'm only going to eat desserts in 2024 on days that end with the letter Y. Maybe that's your goal. <laughs> they all end in Y if you didn't know that. Spiritual goals. Jesus grew in favor with God. Ask yourself, hey, what will deepen my relationship with God in the coming year? Not 10 things, just a couple things. Now, maybe your spiritual goal could be, hey, I'm going to turn away from this, with God's help, from this sinful attitude or this sinful behavior. Maybe it'd be, hey, I'm going to start attending a Bible study. Maybe it's going to be CCA, consistent church attendance. Maybe that's your goal. My goal is consistent church attendance in the coming year. Maybe your goal is like, I'm going to decrease my social media input. Maybe it's, hey, I'm going to start having a regular time with God. Maybe it's going to be, I'm going to memorize certain scripture or maybe a long passage. Maybe, maybe your goal is, I, 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 I'm going to start serving the church, which is his body, or become a regular percentage giver. Whatever it is, think, hey, ask God, God, what will help me deepen my relation with you in the coming year? Four sets some relational goals. Jesus grew in favor with man. 
This is where you ask yourself, how can I deepen my relationship with other people? Understand, relationships have always been high on God's list. So how can you, in 2024, deepen some relationships or form some new ones? Maybe, here's one, maybe set aside a specific time to be with individual members of your family. You, know, you schedule it. I'm going to be, my wife, we're going to have a date night here. We're going to, you, you set specific goals. Now, maybe it's going to start meeting with other believers who are on the same path as you are. You know, like a, a band of brothers. And this week I was saying, what do they call, like, women who want to do that? And I, only thing I could find, I, I was thinking, a set of sisters. Some people call it streams of sisters, whatever. You know, if you ladies come on one, but you know, a stream of sisters, whatever, you know, but just some brothers or some sisters where, where you're like, hey, I'm going to meet with you regularly in the coming year and develop really close relationships. Maybe relationship goal would be, hey, you know, I'm going to, this year, I'm going to have someone over to my home for dinner one, once every month. You know, it could be someone from church, it could be a coworker, it could be someone in your neighborhood. But just set some relational goal. And as you think of relational goals, if you have a broken relationship, maybe one of your goals could be, I'm going to do what I can to fix it. Realizing that, as Paul wrote, tragically, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. Because right? sometimes you can't, right? Sometimes you want to make a relationship better, and you're not given the opportunity. But if there's a relational rift, don't you be the cause of what God is saying. Do what you can, and if you can't, you can't, right? You, you can't make people want to have a relationship with you. But if you can restore it, do what you can. Go ahead it more in 2024, follow, clarify, set, and start now today. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Right, so a turning point in your life and mine is we realize that life must be lived under imperfect conditions. Here's what usually happens. We hear, we hear somebody say something like I'm saying today, because no one's goal, right, is, hey, I, I want this year to really be terrible. I, I, I want to grow further away from God. Physically, I want to be more out of shape than I've ever been in my life. I hope every relationship is awful and terrible and full of conflict, right? No. And I want to be dumber at the end of the year than I have right now. You know, so you hear this, say, hey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to write down these goals. I'm going to make my life count. I'm going to make some time this week to plan for 2024 so that I'm closer to the life God created me to live. However, these best intentions fade away rather quickly because for many of us, the moment we walk out of these doors, we're going to be distracted by something called L-I-F-E, life. I mean, it seems like before we even can blink our eyes, it's March or April, we still haven't said any goals yet. You know what's crazy? Sometimes I think we can spend more time planning a vacation, a dinner party, or other gatherings than we actually do planning our life. And this morning, today, this moment, this is an opportunity for each of us to say, no more of that. No more of that. I want to plan my life wisely with God's help. Listen, even if you have failed at this countless times before, can I get an amen from my failures out there? Right? So things to say, only 8% of people keep their New Year's resolutions, 8%. You know, if you're not an 8%er, you're a 92%er, right? Even, even if you failed, right? Even if other people are saying, well, I've heard you say this stuff before, 
That's never going to happen. I've heard Pastor Steve say he's going to lose weight before. I don't think that's going to happen in 2024. Even the person that is poo-pooing your goal setting is you. You say, no, no, no. This year can be different, amen? It really can. Follow, clarify, set, start. And here's where I crash and burn. Practice accountability. And that's why I went three for 13. <laughs> accountability. Some dude, I don't care what his name is, it'll pop up in a minute, a little quote. Bob Proctor, don't know who he is. Accountability is a glue that ties commitment to the result. And so, I, I didn't have accountability. First, accountability with yourself. Like, you need to, and these are things I'm just, like, I'm not an expert, all right? Um, review your goals at least weekly. And, and maybe post them somewhere. Like, if you can, like, some, get them on a small piece of paper, you can summarize them a bit, post them where you can see them. Keep your why in mind. Like, hey, why am I doing this anyhow? Because I said this was important to me because this is, this is one of my core values. That's why I'm going to make the effort to do it. Track your progress, okay? And, and there's something called, you know, you may have heard of this called micro goals. What I'm going to be doing with the guy that's kind of helping me, you know, because I got to sit in this seminar with these people that are just high-charging people. I'm going like, wow, these guys are, the reason they're getting it done is they set goals and actually do them. And, and what a micro goal is, so the challenge is like, like, like I'm, well, I'm, what I'm going to do, you know, tomorrow and then the first of every month, I, I'm going to set a micro goal. Like, like, like if, if your goal is to, I want to be able to run a 5K, maybe your micro goal is, hey, you know, I want to be able, in January, my goal is to spend this much time in elliptical, right? It's a micro goal. And then you track your micro goals. And, and there are actually apps. And, and I, I Googled this. I don't even know what uh, Hive.com is, but they, they look at all these different apps and these apps, some of them are free, and, and like they'll have graphs and stuff. And so, as you, you track your progress, and you say, well, I'm doing good, oh, I'm not doing so good. You know, and, and, and so I, I had no accountability with myself. You know, I had a binder, I made me a binder, and I, I do good for like three weeks, and then, you know, don't count it on myself. And what helped me to have, in a bad way, not have come myself, is I had no accountability with anybody else. And... and, and yeah, I mentioned it at my life group, but it wasn't like people are, hey, Steve, let's talk about your goals. I wasn't asking them, you know, it, it just didn't happen. Uh, um, and you need to have someone in your life, one person or a group of people, a stream of sisters or a band of brothers, to help you on your goals. When you meet, you meet weekly, and you bring out, hey, how are you doing? What, 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 was, your, what was your micro goal for your physical health? This, this, what were you wanting to do in January? Did you do it? Is, can I help you do it, right? And, and without accountability, uh, at least for me, woo, right, it, it didn't work. But why I'm hopeful is because I'm going to make, I'm making myself accountable. Uh, uh, this brother of mine, I, this week, hey, let's grab coffee. I want to look at your goals. Like, oh, guess. Okay. You know, and I know he's going to ask me. And he's got this cool tracking system with graphs and numbers and colors and stuff, you know. Uh, um, and that's kind of encouraging to you, right, when you do something good. You see, wow, look at my goal. I'm, I'm reaching that goal. I'm heading towards it, right? But without accountability to yourself or other people, you know, it, it may, it, 
It probably won't happen. It probably won't happen. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken, right? I mean, God designed us for relationships, and, and God designed us to help each other, right? I help you, you help me to become the people that God wants us to be. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And listen, if you don't have someone that you can say, hey, I have my goals and, and my, my values sheet, but I don't really know who's going to hold me accountable, let me know. You know, I'll find someone or I'll, I'll hold you accountable, right? Um, but I just want to encourage you to do this. As we wrap up, there are 357 and a half days left in the year 2024. And this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who dwelt the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things, do not dwell in the past. See, I'm doing a new thing, now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Heavenly Father, thank you for the time that we've had to be here. And God, you created us. <coughs> you made us. You love us. You have a plan and purpose for us. And God, I pray for myself and everyone in this room, those watching online, God, that we will take the time to write down what's important to us and set some 252 goals so that we can live the life you created us to live, so that we can be the best version of ourselves so that we can become more like Jesus. Protect us from the enemy. He's going to think, we don't have time to do this, or this is not going to make a difference, or why bother, this is silly. And God, I pray he has no sway. And I pray your Holy Spirit moves in us so that when 2025 rolls around, we have grown in wisdom, and we've grown in stature, and we've grown in favor with God and with man. In Jesus' name, amen.